You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman, as always, and the host of this wonderful podcast. And join me on the other line because we can't get enough of each other from Forbes.com, the West Indianapolis News, Mr. Tony East. Tony, how are you doing? I am great. I had an awesome weekend watching the Fever play one of the best teams in the WNBA. I saw Newsies at Beef and Boards Friday night. It was excellent. Uh, so I had a very nice weekend, and I'm excited to talk a little bit about some free agency stuff because some key deadlines are coming up. So a good, fun weekend for you, boy. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did. Uh, condolences to your uh, Fever question. Um, well, I, guess, <laughs> I guess it's between you and me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, condolences to that. Um, on today's show, we're going to basically talk about the race Pacers' final roster spots, them wrapping them up. So we've got, when the show, we're talking about Tory Craig, the officialness of his deal, uh, two years, $10 million, what it means, where it slots in, whatnot. Uh, then we're talking about the two-way guys, ex- exhibition players. They've rounded out their kind of 20-man uh, like pre or, uh, training camp roster. Uh, recently, Dejan Giroux. Was recently signed to a two-way deal at the last one. We'll talk about him a little bit, but first we're going to start with Keelan Martin's guarantee date, which comes Tuesday. Martin, uh, if it's if he's fully guaranteed, it'll make one point seven million dollars roughly next year. I don't think either of us expect it to happen, at least on Tuesday. Yeah, this so so here's the thing, right? His original guarantee date was August seventh, and that date came and went, and they pushed it back to Tuesday, uh, the thirty-first of this month. And we talked about this at the time, right? We were guaranteeing the Pacers were going to do something with this deal because Chad Buchanan has talked about how they want to have a non-guaranteed or partially guaranteed guy for their last roster spot. And yes, technically that could be O'Shea Brissett, but I, I don't think they view him as a non-guaranteed guy, even if he is. So that means Keelan holds the last roster spot. And if Keelan and his agency say, no, we're not pushing the date back, then they would have liked to cut him. And if they didn't do that, then... He, you know, he would have been guaranteed. And I don't think they wanted to do that. So they, the best compromise for both parties at the time was to push his date back later so that, you know, they could, they could push it back and, and assess more stuff. And the reason they would cut him, even if they do like him, because again, they don't dislike him or else they would have already cut him uh, is because of the tax, right? They have bonuses. They have to worry about if enough guys you know hit their bonuses, then they will be a tax paying team. And they don't want to be a tax paying team uh, given their moves this summer. It's very obvious. They're trying to stay under. So we know that money is a problem for them. And the reason that this time around with Keelan, unlike last time, is different is because we have new details about what they've done with their two-way slots, what they've done with some of their camp slots, what trades they haven't been able to make, right? So their situation's a little different. And thus, the considerations for should he keep his spot are a little different. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the last, or like this, this, this rock is the last move the Pacers have left, left to make. Um, yep. And so like this is what, I mean, they could obviously trade somebody else in the roster. But in terms of like right now, what it seems like with all the news around Lamb, this is like the last season before the season, but what, what they're going to do. And so this is going to be important because if they're, they're going to basically hedge their bets on, do they want to, you know, keep a guy they like, they like healing enough to keep him and they want to fully guarantee him and be right up against the tax and be risking that, you know, for sure. If, if a player hits a bonus, they're kind of screwed or do they want to sort of, the value when a different player, maybe they don't value much as Keelan, but will take less money and they can kind of have not guaranteed or this one to be an open roster spot and compete in training camp. And that's kind of the decisions. So for let's talk about the situation for him again, compared to last time, right? So what's a pro that happened for Keelan since 
We last talked about his spot on the roster. One pro for him is that Cassius, Cassius Stanley, who we will be probably talking about later on the show as well, um, is, is possibly not coming back. His qualifying offer got pulled. That's less wing depth behind him. If they want a deep wing depth piece at their, as their last roster spot, Keelan is more important now slightly for that situation. They haven't uh, filled their last camp spot, right? So there's still a chance that, you know, if he's waived, he could be resigned to that on a guarantee, like a later guarantee date or something like that, right? Those two things are in his favor. Working against him, uh, both two-way spots got filled. And not only did they both get filled, uh, the camp spots have been filled as well. Keeper Sykes is there too. They got filled by point guards. And there's been reporting from Jay that they've been trying to get that third point guard on the team. And they kind of view Keeper Sykes as that guy. And they're still here. And then they just signed who we'll talk about next segment, Dijon Giroux to a two-way. He's also a point guard. So it seems like there could be some sort of battle going on at the back end of this team for that third point guard spot, which goes against him, right? If he wants to make the team, he doesn't play the perfect position. And the biggest con for Keelan is, you know, the reason he pushed it back most likely, uh, or the biggest reason at least was, you know, they had 24 extra days to try to find a way to cut salary if it was a Jeremy Lamb trade, which, you know, again, J. Michael reported that, that was something they were trying to do and they will probably try to do during the season and they weren't able to do it in August. So they're still so close to the tax that I think that's the thing hurting him the most is that they're still so close to it and cutting him is the easiest way to get away from it. So I think for him, I think it's probably less likely that they would guarantee his deal now than it was back on August 7th. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I just, not enough has gone his way. Right. No, no, not enough. I, I mean, a couple of things for sure have, but not enough. I mean, it, unless they, they really, really like him and really think they get rid of Lamb at some point, then they might fully guarantee it. But I, I would see that I, I would assume the most likely scenario at this point is either you cut him or can he, will he push back the guarantee dates and then it becomes a de facto competition spot at some point. Right. I mean, you know, his guarantee date is in December or January, whatever they decide that makes it an open option because they can cut him uh, in training camp and not worry about that. And it's something they, they kind of wanted, right? I mean, I think Chad Buchanan said that they maybe wouldn't last to be a competition anyways or be non-guaranteed. So um, that wouldn't surprise me. I just It depends what the non-guaranteed money is, right? He could go sign a two-way deal tomorrow with any team. I don't know. Are all the two-way deals filled up yet around the league? Uh, not not fully. Not quite. Right, there's probably. So he could go – and they get – right? Can't he – can't they – can't team basically cut two-way guys and bring another guy, two-way guy in, like, pretty easily? Or do they have to, yep. like yep. – right? There's not, like – not you just got to pay the guarantee out, but at most it's 50,000, which NBA teams is nothing. Yeah. It right. doesn't count against the cap. Yeah. So it, it's pretty easy to swap out two, two way guys. So they could, he could do that. He could go to one of those teams. I mean, that might be his calculation. Um, but I think obviously he wants a roster spot somewhere if he could have it. So I think maybe he, even if he's not fully guaranteed, if he can at least compete for one, that at least is like kind of better than a two way deal, which he also technically still sign if he gets cut in training camp at some point as well as like a backup. Yeah, I think that, you know, last time they pushed back his guarantee day, I think that's a, a likely, not likely, I don't want to ever say something is likely that I don't know about, but that seems like a plausible outcome again, is that they push his guarantee date back from now till like making a day up the first day of the season, the literal first day before the season. Because then if he loses that, that battle for the last roster spot, they can wave him no problem. Um, and I think that that would be my, my most likely thing. The second most likely would be cutting him and then just getting that, that 1.7 mil off the books. Then you're 2.4 away from the tax. That's a lot. You know, you, you can feel a little better on the inside yeah. if you're a team who's been instructed to be under the tax uh, by your owner. And then if they like him, right? If Again, they don't dislike him or else they would have cut him already, right? So if they like him enough to keep him, maybe they just do. 
I want to throw in another option now that most teams have filled almost every roster spot. This is a little more plausible because team other teams don't have the flexibility to, to snag them up is something that could kind of be a benefit to both teams. If Keelan's representation is, is for this is you waive him. And then if he clears waivers, you sign him to a deal that's like $200,000 guaranteed. Right. And then let him battle for the last camp spot that way. So then he gets the money advantage slightly or he gets, you know, a little bit of money. Um, but he doesn't get any guarantee of like making the team or anything like that. That way he's not missing out like on a two way or missing out on a camp spot somewhere else or anything like that. So uh, that that's something I feel like that could make sense for both sides here. If the Pacers are receptive to just giving him some money um, for like a a, a later guarantee date for a fully guarantee, but you know, that, that involves negotiations on both sides. So we'll see. And they, they still have a little bit of time to figure this out, but I mean, not, it's kind of static at this point of the off season. So I kind of think they, they know what they're going to do. And I think pushing back the day makes the most sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if he could find another roster spot, he probably already would have like earlier. Right. I mean, when he pushed the guarantee day, I mean, I think even though around August 7th, there were still moves being made, there's still been some moves made since then it rosters were pretty much getting close to finalizing. I mean, I would like most teams had probably 12, 13 of their 15 roster spots. So at least, at least at that point. So if he could have, if he knew he had a deal at that point, he would have taken it then. So I imagine he is in this limbo era, limbo kind of period where he's sort of just like once a roster spot, teams might have the 15 spot open, but he, nobody's going to say it's, it's your, it's your spot. It's just kind of like a, we'll, we'll kind of see, see what happens with him. Um, okay. So I, I think we should say what our prediction will be just so we can hold ourselves accountable to it on, on Wednesday. You think, I think he will get a year day push back to let's say December or January. That's my okay. Thought. I think. I think I'd have it like 1% higher that guaranteed it pushed back than waived. And I will say guaranteed it pushed back to October 20th. Okay. That's the day after doing. their first game. Okay. All right. So basically both of us think it means they will have an open competition possibly for that last roster spot theoretically, because if he's not guaranteed, mm-hmm. it means that Taylor makes it open competition. Correct. Correct. All right. Um, all right, cool. So let's do this. Let's now move on to talk about uh, the rest of the roster, how they're going to finalize their 20-man training camp roster and their two-way contracts. But first, we'll go to today's sponsors. Today's Locked on Pacers podcast is brought to you by Sweatblock. There are a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. You know the kind of sweating where you sweat through your shirt for no reason it can be embarrassing at times. It isn't life or death, and there are probably much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, sweating through your shirts, it feels kind of like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date, God forbid. You'd rather not worry about it, and that's why you should use Sweatblock Antiperspirant Wipes. Sweatblock is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before you go to bed. Next morning, wake up, wash, and go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed. I know this might sound too good to be true, but Sweatblock using it once or twice a week can keep you dry the whole time. You can get Sweatblock today and get 20% off at sweatblock.com. Your promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, or you can find Sweatblock at Amazon or CVS. And we are also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Indeed. General managers ask questions to find the right players, like Do they have ice in their veins? And when you're hiring, you can use Indeed assessments to help make sure you find candidates with the skills you need. When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed. The job shop makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, hire, interview. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all this and all your hiring in one place, even interviewing. 
Don't just hope your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools help you cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. With Indeed assessments, choose from 135 skills tests to make sure you're finding the applications from the people with the skills that you need. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Join more than 3 million businesses that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And right now, you can start with Indeed with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D. You get a 75% credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Tony. So we, we have said that two-way deals can obviously be switched out at, at any time. So these... Their two two-way two-way signings are not like a hundred percent set in stone. That being said, it feels like they're gonna they're probably going to go in to next season with Dwayne Washington and Dejon Giroux as their two two-way guys. Yeah, we broke down Dwayne right when it happened because it happened before air quotes free agency that they signed him to a two-way. But yeah, we learned this from Sky Agnes's report actually like ten days ago. But we haven't had a really timely podcast since then. But yes. The second two-way slot previously occupied by Amita Brima uh, has now been filled by Dijon Giroux. Uh, he played for Houston for the last three seasons of his college career. Remember their final four run? Uh, he was a part of that team. Really good defensive guard, six foot five point guard, talented passer and creator for others. He played for the Heat uh, in Summer League. If you go to his basketball reference page, you can just see all region in, in the NCAA last year, all ACC defensive player of the year in the AAC. Uh, he made the all AC tourney team. He was the sixth man of the year in the conference two years ago, like very impressive accolades. And then he played again for the heat in summer league this year. He was third on that team in scoring at 11.6 points per game, uh, 6.6 rebounds per game for a point guard. Again, he's six, five, uh, six assists per game. And he shot 48% from the field and 36% from deep. So impressive college resume with the defense and then played very well in summer league. So I think the interesting thing about, about adding him and Sykes is, you know, if they're going to have this open battle for the last spot in camp, truly like you can convert two way guys to roster spots or exhibit 10 guys to two ways, like pretty easily at any time. Right. So adding another point guard, a position that they're apparently enamored with uh, to that two way slot in drew is very interesting to me. Right. It just, it continues to add to that battle with him and Sykes and other guys. We're going to be in camp on those two ways. So I like the idea of, you know, this, this is a Carlisle guy to me, like a tall defensive guard, right. Um, who can who can play quickly uh, and is good a, a good passer. So I, I like this fit with this team, and I think he's a good shot to to especially because he's already on that two way uh, to battle for, for one of those spots on the team. Yeah, I, I do find interesting the Heat who do have open two way spots as we're as we're talking. They, they had interest. There was interest that. that yeah, that I mean, I, I mean, it looked like according to Slam, uh, Ronald Aggers here said that they he wasn't certain whether he's going to get an Exhibit Ten or two way from the Heat, so he just took the safer option with the Pacers. Um, that, that is kind of an interesting thing that the Heat, who had him in summer league, didn't want to keep him. That always kind of is maybe a little bit of a, of a, of a red flag, but um, he looked really good in summer league, what, 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 what that means. And so, like, and you always can have – you never really have enough guards and kind of these bigger guards, guard slash forward kind of bodies, basically. So, yeah, if he, they, they want to bring him and see if they can develop him and he can work his way into the back of the roster at some point in the next season or two. That's not, not a bad idea. Yeah, that report is actually an aggregation of Barry Jackson from the Miami okay. Herald. But anyway, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Heat were kind of toiling between Marcus Garrett on a two-way and, and Drew on a two-way. And then the Pacers just said, here, we'll give it to you now if you'll take it. And he took it. So good for them. Uh, he, he was gassed up on his own Instagram story about getting a deal with the Pacers to do this. 
They had to wave at me to Brima because remember, Brima actually got a two year two way, which is pretty unusual last year, but there was zero dollars guaranteed on his two way this year. So no harm on the Pacers cap sheet for letting him go. That made a lot of sense once they drafted Isaiah Jackson and they still have Goga. Like, I think the Amita, we talked about this on a million pods this summer, but uh, his, his ship had kind of sailed. You know, he needed to have like an incredible summer league to be back. And they are, you know, they're fans of his. They've had him in for two preseasons and let him play for the Mad Ants. But I think that ship has sailed. And, and Scott Agnes replied to me on Twitter saying that Brima is searching for opportunities elsewhere just because the Pacers have so many centers in the door already. So it sounds like he won't even be with the Mad Ants next year. So, hey, he filled in amply for that one game he was in the rotation when like literally the entire Pacers were hurt last year. So good for him for finally making that NBA debut. But I think it's a much better use of the roster spot to have it be Giroux instead of him. Yeah, and, and the thing, the other part of this is now that basically uh... – I guess we'll see what happens to Cassius Stanley, but it basically, I think, guarantees that Stanley's either going to be on the Mad Ants or playing somewhere else next year on some other two-way deal. Um, right? I mean, I don't think... I don't want to commit to that yet. And I... Well, so I, I, the it's, it's question I was going to ask you is, I don't has he shown enough to really catch Stanley to earn, like, the last roster spot? Because I don't know if he has. You know, this was going to be a next segment thing, but we can. No, wasn't. I thought this was talking about all our end of roster stuff this segment. I I was going to throw that in with the camp deals part of this, but that's okay. This is part of today's show anyway. Yeah, you know, I think that Cassius's likelihood of of sticking around, you know, and they pulled his qualifying offer, that certainly hurt, uh, especially because now both two ways are filled. But he'd be cheaper than Keelan, uh, and I'm sure he'd take any deal at this point. And Jay reported he got a camp invite, TBD, on if he'll take it or not. So I think that maybe he could get a camp invite. And get an exhibit 10 to give him a bonus if he does report to Fort Wayne. So I don't think it's it's totally ship sailed on him yet. You know, a team is offering him a camp deal. I'm sure, but you know, when you get your QO poll that you had that whole time and you know the, the team that drafted you doing that, that certainly probably hurts your interest of returning there. So I would say that the two-way spots being filled definitely hurts Cassius's chances of returning. Uh, but I, I wouldn't rule it out completely yet until we know the deal with Keelan or what's going on there. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Because they still have the 20th spot. And if, if you know, I, I kind of have internalized, I was going to talk, we'll talk about this more in a minute, but I've kind of internalized that, you know, there's no reason to wait to fill it. Like if someone's taking your money, let them in. So I think that it's kind of an outstanding offer to Cassius. And once they have figured out what the deal with Keelan is, they'll like formalize those last two spots. Yeah. I just wonder if there's somebody better who then like, if you're looking at like a, a skill, like where Keelan Martin is and where Stanley is, and the contracts able to take if it's somebody that fits somewhere more in the middle who's a little bit better than Stanley. Maybe we'll take not as little as Stanley, we'll take a little bit, but not as much as Keelan. And there might be a better use for that. Cause I, I mean, if you had Stanley for a year, you kind of know what he is, I would hope, or at least have an idea of what he can be. That is plausible. That is plausible. The free agency pool is super dire now. So, you know, it, it's hard to say exactly what, what's up with Cassius, but I think with the two ways, uh, and how they'll fit into the this end of roster battle, all right? Drew being a point guard certainly had to be, or at least you know, a guard of some sorts that can handle the ball if there's a dire situation. And the point guard rotation, right? They really only have two, two and a half, depending on how you feel about Levert. Guys, he'd be comfortable running the offense, adding in another depth guy. Makes some sense there. Uh, led the led the Miami Heat team in, in steals, uh, the summer league squad, which makes sense given his pedigree. So. I'll be interested to see him battle and, and, and learn from TJ McCollum how to be scrappy in the NBA. So that Did made you, a lot of sense to me that, that he got that to it. Do you consider Washington more of a, like, shooting guard, I guess? 
Uh, a wing, yeah. A wing, any, what? a wing, yeah. Because okay. I mean, I think I he's also, right. He got a phone for the point guard spot, maybe. I guess, sort of. Yeah, he's six three. He's shorter than Drew, which is ironic. But his play style is wing. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, like more, more holiday esque, right? That, that yeah, yeah. Like Pretty he ever he had the ball a lot for Ohio State uh, as as a junior, and he didn't even hit three assists per game. Like he is a he's an off ball player. So I guess yeah. you could say he's a guard, but I mean he's a wing to me. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I mean height doesn't always mean you're you're a point guard. You can be a right. six three shooting guard, and it is, it is allowed exactly. at times. Okay, let's do this. Let's take one more break, and then let's talk about Tory Craig's deal and some other uh, roster stuff. Today's Locked On Pacers podcast is also brought to you by our wonderful friends over at Rock Auto. The ever-increasing numbers of makes and models is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often the pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning as the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket today. You can save time or money while using Rock Auto. Why? Choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Like, for example, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, but you get it at rockauto.com for $216. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you can need on their website from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. The website is easy to navigate and you can explore it today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on the Howdy Here's box so they know that we sent you main selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, so this happened. I think now it's about ten days ago, but Tory Craig officially signed his two-year, ten million dollar deal, and it's a flat deal, right, Tony? It is not a flat deal. Adam. It is not a flat deal. Okay, when is it? No, it starts as low as it possibly can, okay. uh, which is you know, given the tax concerns, makes a lot of sense. The, the only thing I was wondering is like a lot of the agents will do like they they their client signs for like nine point five zero 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 one million and they're like two for ten yeah. report it right so you always kind of wonder exactly how those details are going to come in uh, or if there's you know like a partial guarantee and senior stuff like that but Tory Craig did in fact get two years ten million exactly fully guaranteed uh started at the lowest possible mine it can with five percent raises from year one to two so that, that that's that's as that's as much of 10 million as you can give a guy which sounds dumb to say but so that almost that almost increases the chances he's in the rotation to me the fact that they made that commitment to him so what is his first year like 4.9 4.87-ish i forget okay. the exact numbers but yeah you know it's only like between it being flat or descending in what it is it's only about a like a 300 400 000 difference but you know, those could, official details are in. So, yeah, that, that's important to the Pacers, though, because they, like I said, they're so close to the tax. That makes sense. Yep. And uh, the fact that they, I think the fact that they made it the lowest possible this season is so when the MLE, uh, you know, that they, they'd be hard capped if they spend a certain amount of it, but there'll be a point in the season where they're able to use the rest of it to offer a minimum deal to someone. And then they can do what they did last year and, and make it a three year minimum deal to put all the bells and whistles of a non guarantee or team option on if they want to. And they can only do that if they have an open roster spot, which is why this Keelan Martin stuff is so important and why finalizing the roster and the shape of the team is so interesting. Or if they have non-guaranteed guys and they make a lamb trade and it becomes like a one for two, that's another option as well. So, you know, this kind of stuff of like the space you have between the MLE and how much guys sign for in one year sounds really minute, but when it comes down to big stuff, having all that extra flexibility and wiggle room really adds up. So like, I think ideally, right. I gave the Pacers a little bit of a ding, for not being super future thinking this offseason, but they kind of had to put Craig's deal as low as possible in year one, just so they had those options this year when they have more influx. 
Yeah, I want to go back to what you said originally. I don't know if this necessarily changes whether he's going to play or not. I don't and right they they signed him because they had the roster spot and the money to do it and they just it doesn't hurt to have another solid player I'm not sure that necessarily means he's like gonna play more than let's say like 40 of the games this season I just I mean he might I mean just they'll probably give him a shot for sure but I'm not sure that like changes it that much now like he's like extremely highly paid and like if you don't play next year it's like gonna be like this like terrible deal no it won't be a terrible deal at that amount but you don't you you don't go spending 10 million on a guy you don't plan on using yeah but no, no, teams, no, don't I, use I, re- I, teams just don't use resources that way. Even yeah, if optimally I'm you thinking, could say that's fine. I'm thinking more he's he 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 could fit into the role of like the 11th guy, right? Where he's not in the rotation every time, but there's enough injuries where he's playing that's possible. 50, yep. 50, 60 games, right? I mean, you say they don't plan to spend money on, on, on a dead player, but look at Jeremy Lamb now next season, right? And yeah, but they didn't plan that when they signed him, which is part of why they're trying to deal. No, I'm the not. only other thing I wanted to talk about today, and this will kind of be a blend of what we talk about Wednesday, but you know, Keelan fits into here is, you know, that they have that open one camp spot left uh, and they brought in Drew. They have Kiefer Sykes and Terry Taylor. Do you feel like there's any position they even need to consider or like a vet or anything? Or do you just kind of think like someone they've scouted and like, or someone who could make sense in Fort Wayne? Like, like does anything make sense to you with that? At this point, when you get this far on the roster, I think you just bring in the players that you think have the most talent. I don't think you would. You yeah, know, like, that's fine. Like, because like these guys are not going to play. I mean, I think they. And I, I don't even make the team. Yeah, I mean, they said it over and over again. They've wanted a, like a veteran player. I don't think they're going to be able to find one at this point. It seems like the market on that is kind of. I mean, there might be somebody who like has played a bunch of seasons, like like floating around. They're not gonna get like a guy who's actually been on a good team and been in a big moment at this point on that last roster spot. They don't have the money for it. The correct money was where that could have come from. Um, so I think you're just kind of looking around, trying to find like either someone who you think is a good fit because they, right. I mean, like, this is the spot. This is like the time when like a team that has a superstar would bring in like their brother. Right. That's just like, this is like what they would do. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's the thing about it, Right. Or like LeBron always has a couple of players. He like, just is really close to like, you know, so I, I don't think anybody like, I don't think anything they need particularly. They just need to bring in something that kind of helps make the locker room, I guess, not like a disaster if they bring this guy in. Yeah. They have the point guards to battle. I think maybe they, maybe they want another one there. Um, and maybe Keelan's a guy, then you don't need a wing. They have enough centers. So maybe if the mad ants want a big, they could go with a big who has, who knows they have no shot of making the team. Right. Maybe that's why Brian was looking elsewhere. And I wanted to talk about Cassius here because like if Keelan gets cut, maybe Cassius has a shot of being a wing who battles for a spot because he has organization familiarity and he could probably get more guaranteed here than other teams just because he was drafted here. Um, but I don't, I don't know what they should try to target. And if they wave Keelan, then maybe you talk about wings who are actually available, who like could make your 15 man. But as yeah. of now with him there, you don't even need to focus on someone making your 15 man. Right. So at this stage of the adding guys to the training camp roster, which is super boring for a lot of you listening, but it's again, like every free agency decision, still somewhat important. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if anything specific matters beyond like intangibles or like, Oh, this 18 year old or 19 year old kid we scouted. We kind of like, he could be a perfect fit. Could they theoretically have the roster spot be empty, I guess? And I want to I mean, they'll put somebody there, obviously. For but camp, some... that doesn't make sense. No, for camp, but, but the season, they could do that, right? They could. Oh, yeah. Them. Yeah. You can have 14. Right. And that would, the reason that would make some sense is just to keep them because you, you're, you have to have a minimum of 13, right? You're not, you're not actually charged against the cap or having that spot. You have to have 14. You get charged if you have 13. You get charged. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. Yep, so yep. they have the 14. So I, I do think that could also make some sense in a weird way. Like, yep. Because I don't think, 
Like, yeah, but that again, that doesn't affect camp to me either. No, no, it doesn't affect camp, but I do think that that could affect in their decision a little bit of like, do they bring in a bunch of guys they want to just put up put on the mat ants and not on the roster, not sure, on the roster, sure. right? That's possible. Because um, like I, I just don't. I, I think in some ways like that fifteenth roster spot, like you don't want to play that player, or you're really hoping you don't have to, and if you do, you just bring in like a ten day guy at some point. Like maybe yeah. you're up doing that, then. Then, I mean, especially if you're not really high on Keelan, you're not really high on Cassius, there's nobody else out there you're really high on. Like, you just, like, I don't know. Maybe you don't force it the way I've been thinking about it, at least. Yeah, that, that's possible. Uh, like, your Jared Dudley types are already on teams and stuff now. So it's a little weird looking at the free agency pool now and, like, who even makes some sense. Like, Jordan Bowen from their summer league team, I thought I had a shot to get this spot. He's gone. Our guy Kata Bates-D up from a few drafts ago is still sitting out there. Like, there are some interesting names who have had – Ronda Hellas Jefferson, who everybody wrote into mailbags last year, being like, the Pacers should sign this guy. Still out there. He's so good, right? Right, listeners? Um, so maybe maybe he's a guy they could look at. But, I, I mean, I don't have any names. It's just like like these in, these camp guys, you know, you hear their name through preseason, and then you you never hear about them again typically. So who knows what they actually go with. But I think that, you know, come Wednesday even, if we know what they do with Keelan, we'll have a little bit better of an idea what they're thinking. Yeah, how much – so if they don't – fill up that spot how much space do they have between the tax and what they're paying Osiris? if they cut keelan and they don't put anybody there yes they would be about 2.4 million away from the tax and that's enough for a minimum guy right uh yeah definitely but well a minimum guy who's been in a league for two years is 1.6 million so you wouldn't clear that much room by doing that but a minimum guy who's been in a league for one year what's up Cassius stanley or zero years and is not a rookie that is a key distinction here uh, is like about a million. So then you could be like over 1.4 million away and fill that spot with a, with a cheapo guy. Gotcha. I'm thinking, I guess what I was thinking is that they could um, do the kind of thing where they don't fill it and then fill it with a veteran at some point, maybe who's cut off a team or who's kind of floating around like mid season, which would then once they know the guarantees of like, if they know the guys are going to hit their bonuses by let's, I don't know, January, right. They might have an idea by then. Well, at least some, a couple of the guys and they could actually go fully spend it and whatever it might be a little better off it might be like the, the more ideal move yeah remember they cut ben Moore like two weeks into the season uh in in 2017 to 18 um and then and then called recalled ek on Ibogu back up right like they, they brought him in to start the year and then just moved on saved the money then so that's something too who, who knows i think again we'll have a little more clarity on this thinking when it comes to uh what happens with keelan which we will talk about on wednesday Yep, we'll do Keelan Wednesday. We're gonna talk about Goga some more. The uh, free, the free Goga podcast is gonna become Goga for for the for listeners. Goga has a team option for the 2022-23 season, which after Keelan is basically outside of extensions, which we talked about last Friday. If you're interested in that, uh, that is the last move they'll have to make uh, before the season starts. Is deciding on Goga's team option. So we'll talk about that and again camp stuff, depending on what happens with Keelan on Wednesday. Yep, and then Friday we'll have a scheduled preview show, and then we'll have a mailbag next week. So look, look to our Twitter feed for that uh, announcement. You can send some questions to the show. Uh, we've we have done a bunch of podcasts so far uh, this offseason. So if you want to you know hear more about the rotation, check out uh, on this twi- on this feed where you can listen to like that podcast. Great in the offseason. You can go all the way back to some of our reaction to uh, draft picks and free agent moves. So check that out on our Locked On Pacers feed wherever you get this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Pacers. Tony at East NBA. Me at Freeman Adam Five. That is all for his Locked On Pacers podcast. We will see you guys again Wednesday. <laughs>